Hey team, welcome to Everyday with Garage Gym NZ and this evening we're having a catch up with Jerome Harituku from Flatbush. Welcome to the show bro. Thanks bro, thanks for having me. Nah, nah, all good man, all good. Um, you know, it's pretty keen to catch up and have a yarn with you about um, about your journey. Eh? We sort of touched base on Insta and then um, um, you got some really sort of um, interesting backgrounds. So sort of put over to you, Bo, um, introduce yourself and uh, let the listeners know what's up, what's happening. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, Jerome Haretuku. Um, I actually grew up in um, Pepitoitui, um, in Old Pep. Pretty much started playing uh, softball when I was about eight years old, but started T-ball at age four, I believe. Um, kind of just fell into it following uh, my parents. My dad played mm. softball, mum um, played softball, and my auntie played as well. So I kind of followed that that pathway with them for softball, so started quite early with the team sport. Um, yeah. yeah, then pretty much just... Went through, went to Mount Albert Grandma. Yeah, yeah. Um, Old Mags boy, eh? Yeah, yeah. And that's um, when I went to Mount Albert, I think I kind of, I was playing. There's an interesting story, actually, because I, when I was um, at Intermediate, I was playing uh, Ponsonby Rugby, and I was uh, our coach, um, his son as well. But he was one of the um, groundkeepers at Mount Albert Grandma. Oh, yeah. And he actually um, put my name forward to try and um, get into Mount Albert through rugby so went that way and um, got into rugby and played a little bit there as well yeah for a couple of years yeah I mean did you um because you and Pop did you have to um, travel up train up there or bus up or did you just stay on site were you a border um, there no I caught the train so yeah yeah once I went there because I um, before then I spent two years at St Paul's College for intermediate oh yeah so I started catching the train quite early um, Mum was working in town as well. Okay. So I went to use public transport. Um, yeah, yeah. Quite early, and then once I went to Mount Albert Grandma, I just it was an easy transition catching a train. Found it easy at, by then to catch two trains into school. It was pretty like an easy flow in. And yeah, then, yeah. Um, yeah, went to Mount Albert, played rugby for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the lower grades, like the lower weight categories, I was yeah. quite small back then. You know, like yeah. five to fifty-five. Yeah, yeah, years. yeah. Um, right through up to his fourth yeah. year, year 10. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, I made the switch to league. Oh, and, yeah, um, yeah. Stuck to that for yeah. the last couple of years of school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they got a pretty, pretty strong league culture there eh? at, at Mags, eh? A few boys yeah. that have um, stepped out of that school and cracked it in NRL. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite cool too because um, Thomas Ludovic, he was from Pepitoy as well. So that, yeah. was, that first year I went, he was actually catching a train. Yeah, and um, so it was quite cool to see him play, as well as catching the train and having you know yeah yeah just chats every now and then on the train. Yeah, it's a hell of a school, man. That 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 placement for rugby and league, netball and football and did they play softball there or? Yeah, they do. But um, back then we only had like three three players who played you know um, regularly yeah, in yeah. the summer, and yeah. then we had you know maybe. A couple who played it socially and then the fill-ins that wanted yeah. a day off at school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, oh, because yeah, softball's more it's summer sport though, eh? Like, when schools are down anyway, so you're having to play for clubs most of the time, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so mostly club games on a Saturday, um, sometimes on a Sunday as well. And then once you get into premier stuff, it starts to go Saturday and Sundays. Yeah, and yeah. Tournaments um, late summer. So about... um. It's cool um, about your um, softball career, right? Because, I mean, like, you played for the Black Sox, eh? And, um, 
Yeah, but how was that, man? Because I mean, I think when you ever, you know, anyone who ever represents their country, man, it's, it's pretty awesome, and it's, a, it's always a proud moment to turn pull that silver fern on. But um, you know, I grew up playing softball um, down south. It was sort of it was massive down down South Island ways, and um, you know, it was it was the summer sport, man. It was like, yep, you play softball, you know. Um, so how was that, man? How was that like making it into um, the Black Sox the first time? Yeah, uh, the first time was pretty. It was. Um, I think it was more of a shock because I think the first few years before that, I was kind of. Um, I was kind of studying how you know the best players that were playing club level. Yeah. That were in the Black Sox already. Yeah. You know what kind of skills and. Yeah. You know how how they kind of went about their business on the field, and I'd always think you know like how what would I have to do to get to that next level. Yeah. And then, you know, they would always just say, you know, just work on little stuff like your hitting. And, yeah, yeah. Um, being, you know, always doing your best in the field and doing that extra, mm. just that little bit extra. And, um, yeah, I got the call from Eddie Classic because it yeah. was uh, the year after they lost in 2009. Mm-hmm. They were uh, kind of in a rebuilding phase. Yeah. And we went to um, Canberra. Australia, and he said, oh, um, you've been selected for the um, team to go there for a, just a little tour. Yeah. And at that time, I was, I was uh, 25, I think I was, 24, 25. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock, but it was just, you know, just such an uh, exciting time, and, and it was, um, yeah, it was, it was really just a big privilege, really. Yeah, it would have been. What position did you play? Or what? What's your main position? Uh, I, I usually play centre field for club, but yeah. um, once you're in the Black Sox, you kind of get put. You know, like if you're a specialist outfielder, yeah, you'd be put where the you know where the coach needed you most. Oh defensively. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I started, I played in left field, doing like a uh, couple of games of right field, but yeah, yeah, mostly in that left field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I played um center field. Man, I was like the the hungus outfielder, bro. I used to like take all the, all the all the left fielders catches, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. and then sweep round and, and then cover up the right field, and then you know covering second base, and then you know covering shortstop and all the rest. Of, you know what I mean? Like um, and then I, I then my sole goal for hitting was like to clear the fence. <laughs> it was that, it was pure attack man i was just like tech mode but i really enjoyed it when i was a kid i really enjoyed it so kind of similar i just man i just went through all the age grades all the rest of it and you know and then the, you know i was playing for down south in southland and um southland was they, at the time were churning out pretty good players and but our nemesis was always cannery man those guys bro they were just like they were hundred years into it eh? so um but i always enjoyed it eh? i was had fun but in regards to like making the black you know you watch the technical aspects of it what sort of um how do you train for that bro at that level i mean what's the sort of the regime in regards to sort of getting you into that sort of international conditioning for softball because i think you know when people watch softball or baseball i don't think they kind of realize yeah. that actually there's quite a bit of athletic movement eh, in the game especially if you're an outfielder yeah there's um especially for outfield i think you just have to make sure that you're kind of one or at least two steps ahead of what's going to happen so like if there's a run on one and you get a hit ball you gotta either throw him out at three or you know keep him off two kind of and be just making sure that you're 
defensively ahead of the play once yeah. it comes to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of how to train for it, I didn't really know at that time how to train for it. So uh, I kind of worked a lot on fitness at yeah. the time and then a lot of small like skills to do with betting. Like I was always working on, um, if I was a hit, like setting up the tee to hit um, balls at a higher position and then kind of moving the tee down mm. for the different heights of the, of the mm. pitches. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did little like technique stuff and um, one of my coaches when I was 15, Dean Rice, he yeah. said to get this one book and it was called 50 Faults and Fixes. Mm. And it was uh, um, all you... All the things that you needed to know for um, betting in terms of like technique stuff, but what happens if if your shoulder's dipping back and what yeah. to do to fix it, kind of thing, mm. and then little the little drills and stuff you had to do yeah. to fix that type of problem, depending on you know problems you did have at the time. Yeah, and because um, the, the thing like maybe you talk like that, you go actually there's lots of technical components, and it's like cricket, you know, batters always going to have to certain angles the way they set up, and and then and weight of bats, and it's like softball too, eh? Like people like certain shape of bats, certain weights, um, yeah, and then certain gloves. Like I used to get all my gloves from the states. I used to get like baseball gloves because I just like baseball gloves, um, especially in the outfield. Yeah, so and I had like what oh, I had, I think I had graphite softball. Um, bats and uh like the smaller head on them I didn't like long ones like i liked just the you know the center mass is a little bit smaller but um yeah. i don't know why i think i was just trying to cut um copy all the um all the big boys eh? you know and i was like um that was it man man i used to kick myself over if i hadn't like smacked the home run eh? you love like what the fetch man <laughs> um <laughs> It's so right too, because you know there is a heap of technical components in the softball, man, which I, which I don't think you know maybe a lot of people don't really realise, and and the hand-eye coordination, especially in the infield, because you know those balls are going pretty fast, bro, and they ricochet off the ground pretty mean ass, and but yeah, that's cool. So how long did you um how long have you played in the black? I mean black socks. Um, so when I first got in, I was there consistently, like every year up until twenty two thousand thirteen. Yeah. So I went, um, 2010, we had a tour in Canberra. The yeah. year after, we went to North America. So we got yeah. to start close to Toronto and then make our way down to New York. Yeah. And we played a series of games of just local teams. Yeah. And then um, we had two tournaments, one in Kitchener and Ontario, and the bus down to New York. And then we had one where the old Yankee Stadium was. So mm-hmm. we had, um, what was that called? The Ligo tournament, and that was... One of my favourite tournaments just because of the atmosphere. You had yeah. Yankee Stadium behind you. Yeah, yeah. You had, um, the old, where the old Yankee Stadium used to be. Yeah. They've just changed it. They changed it into a, like a huge park and they have, yeah. you know, softball fields that we could play in. Um, you had teams all across America, but you also had like the, a lot of teams from like Dominican, like, in the area from New York, so yep. you had you know Dominicans, Venezuelans. There was mm. heaps of music, like yeah, yeah. people, you know, all support for the for those teams, and it was yeah, just yeah. an awesome vibe to be in. Yeah, for those right. two years in 2011 yep. and 2012. Yeah, yeah. mean. And then uh, to uh, 2013, that's when the World Series 
was in March and um, we had a really tough camp in one of the, we had a local tournament in Albany and then we kind of trained, for, we had one tournament before the one in Albany, then we trained for that whole week. Yeah. Just that, I think it was college rifles, rugby club. Oh, yeah. there for the whole week and then we played the tournament afterwards and it worked. It was quite tough because we mm. did the you know the fitness yeah. sessions in between, yeah. and then the tournament on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then the World Series was in twenty thirteen. Uh, in March. Yeah. Like four weeks later. Did you have um? Was this the interesting about the training aid? Or was this uh, strength and conditioning components or coach with you guys, or was it just old boys bro coming up with a regime? <laughs> oh, we had um we had. Both, because we had um, strength and conditioning coaches for the, I think it was 2011 and 12, those yeah. two years. So during the off-season, we would um, have our groups in the city. So we'd have yeah. Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch boys, and then we would train yeah, yeah. Um, together as a group. Yeah. So we'd do like like a strength conditioning, or like a strength part of, part of like training, and then we'd do like a fitness session, and then... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like just a whole range of squats, deadlifts, a bit of bench pressing in there, and then we did yeah. a couple of circuits. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff with the rowers, the yeah, yeah. bikes a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we had um, during the off season just to keep in shape. And yeah. I used to hate running. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was, I, I, like, I don't mind running. Yeah, yeah. But it was just the, um, like, the long distance stuff I really Yeah, did. yeah. Bro, I'm not. I'm not a fan. That was the one thing I didn't yeah. really like about the yeah, yeah. trainings. Yeah, I'm not a fan of long distance running, man. <laughs> but I was like, oh no, here we go, three k time trial. Nah, I'm not keen. Um, but yeah, and I guess like because um, it's you know representing your country, I guess on the spectrum of the high performance. How was the funding, bro? I mean, I'd imagine there'd be a lot of you'd get some funding or. You guys would have to put some of your own money in to sort of help with camps or getting around, or was it fully fully funded? Um, back then it was pretty good because um, because previous years they've either won or come second, so yeah. the funding was a lot better um, back then. So we would usually get performance enhancement grants. Okay. So for a tour, you might get a certain amount of money to last you for those three weeks. Yeah. And then the camps were usually um, like flights and food were yeah, paid yeah. for, so yeah, it was it was it was quite good back then. And yeah, like didn't really expect much because yeah, it wasn't a a high performance like a top sport. Yeah, in, yeah. in New Zealand. So yeah, did you ever um, like rugby? And yeah, yeah, or cycling. So yeah, um, yeah, I was mid twenties getting. A little bit of money to play softball, so yeah. you know I was pretty, I was yeah. pretty happy just yeah. to get help there. Yeah. Did you do any? Um, did you take over to the states or up to Canada or anywhere to play um, professionally or at all? Like sort oh, of. Yeah, usually um, a lot of players because they've already kind of going there for their tour get picked up for local teams mm. um, around the states and. They kind of stay after the tour to play. Yeah, it's called um, ISC, and it's like a big tournament where you know players from all over the world come. Yeah, um, and get 
and play in this one big tournament for I think it's a week, mm. a week and a bit, and you know for those three weeks they had like a couple of tournaments before the big one, yeah, and then like the the standard of softball in those few weeks it's just it's really high because you've got players from all over the world mm. come together and play for all different teams. It's yeah, it's just it's just so different here. Yeah, but you know that's it's a cool experience that you know softball players, young players coming up get to do. Yeah, definitely. And um, I guess like now, I guess six years later, and softball's oh, not not. It's, it's just not as strong as it used to be, you know, when I grew up or when I was watching it, man, you're right, like the guys, you know, they were regularly in the top two. And I think the last comp I saw, there was one in Albany, eh, I think last year, I think. Uh, last year, the Worlds was in um, Czech Republic. Oh, yeah. And, and they're playing against like... One before that, uh, four years ago, I think it was in Canada. Yeah. It was crazy, eh? like what sort of countries play softball? Like people when you like you know they think South Africa yeah Czech Republic you're like what Czech Republic played then Venezuela and then you know um, Dominican Republic and then there's all these countries that play softball man and and they've they're all got really really good but you don't have, you can answer this politically bro or correctly or not what's happened in New Zealand man because I grew up you know I remember Eddie Kalassi and Dean Rice you know Mark Sorensen bro and like loads of like legend players. You know, what's what's going on, man? What's going on? Oh, I, I think it's more the other countries are just lifting their, their standards so much yeah. higher now, and they're they're actually because they play consistently. Yeah. Um, in the off season and in, in their own seasons, they play. Yeah. Like in that ISC tournament, and they come back home. Yeah, yeah. Play their season, and they keep going back and forth. I think the players now from um, other countries, for example, Argentina, yeah. who won the last one, they've been building um, their team in their um, local regions for, for so long. Like, yeah. we'd go, like, they came, my very first tour in 2010, they went to that same yeah. tour, and they had, like, a whole, like, they had their teams come down to that, and mm-hmm. um, they'd go to, um, like, they'd just have players going back and yeah. and, you know they they just got so much better and better and better yeah and i think here um not not as many players go go over to states yeah now um not like they used to be mm. um, there's you know the top nz players who are in the team will will go yeah um, consistently but um yeah, i just think the standard like not just argentina but worldwide has got so much better and i think us as a as a nation we need to now with it we're not the best so we need to figure out you know yeah what we need to do to beat those teams i think that's where the, the direction's going at the moment mm. and baseball's got really popular here eh? like especially yeah, if the yeah. two of it's, and it's been really good actually that yeah um baseball picked up you know it's on tv a lot more than it used yeah. to be um that the awesome they you know the Tuatara had that awesome run where yeah. they got to the playoffs yeah, yeah. for the first time and it was quite a you know even you know I'm not I wouldn't I don't think I'd probably play baseball but just seeing the other the other you know the Auckland team succeed and, and yeah. get, finally get to the playoffs is quite exciting to watch and yeah. you know it's it's just awesome to see it on TV and in front yeah. of you know 
more people around yeah. New Zealand. Yeah, no, 100%, man, 100%. And um, just want to like touch on too, because you, you kind of mentioned, or mentioned in regards to, you know, being in and out of the team and then sort of just want to talk about like, you know, how you deal with that side of stuff, eh, when you're sort of at that elite level and um, you sort of like you're there and then one day you're kind of not. I kind of understand where, you know, athletes kind of feel because, I mean, that, that belt, man, there's pain in that, man. And um, just kind of like if, you know, you want to touch on that a little bit, like how, how you sort of dealt with that or being sort of in and out and all the rest of it. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I had that period between um, 2013 and 2017 where I was kind of, I'd go to camps and come back and miss out on going to a tour mm. and going to a World Series and then, get back in there during a, another, like a local um, series where we had Japan and Australia, uh, like two Australian teams come over mm. um, during the Challenge Cup, I think it was called, TAP Challenge Cup, and getting into that, in the, I think it's 2015, and then missing out mm-hmm. a year or two after. And yeah. I remember speaking to my partner, Ashley, you know, there was times where think you know am i good enough to be there mm. and you kind of flick in and out of that thought quite a bit when you're yeah when you're not when you're not there and you i, I think having you know people around you to talk about it is, is, has been one of the biggest things and you yeah. know when people say you know you are good enough and you train the house down and you just gotta keep going and i think just still Turning up every day, you know, putting the work yeah. in, you know, at, you know, in the gym, and then um, trying to turn up week yeah. in week out during club season, and just be yourself and, and play. You know, sometimes you don't play as good as you'd want to, but yeah, um, still turning up and yeah, um, yeah. It was it was pretty tough at times, just because of that self doubt kind of creeping in a little bit. But yeah, it was just like just have to tell yourself you know you're the only one that's gonna change if you were to take other people's opinions you know seriously or you just wipe it and don't yeah. worry about what other people say you just go on and do your stuff do your work yeah um and, and keep playing because you know we play because we enjoy it and yeah yeah that was the main reasons what, what kept me playing is being around those teammates you know yeah. at club level um, turning up and during the summer in uniform and yeah, you know having a having a cold one after the, yeah. after the game and talking to the other teams. It was just that stuff that you know is still keeping me going at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um important what you sort of mentioned, eh? just having good people around you and just talking about it. You know, because you know, just be honest, like men struggle with that concept too of sharing. And um, you know, I guess it's it's becoming a bit more sort of open now and a bit more comfortable for people to go like, hey man, you know, I don't feel pretty good about how things are going for me, you know, and then just to get it off your chest because it could just be, you know, a, a two minute, three minute conversation, then you feel like boom, you know, you just got rid of it, and then you you listening yeah. to someone else to say, bro, it's going to be all good, you know, you're training really well, you know, and just you know, it's all about the passion. No, yeah, I think you're right. You know, you just got to have that if you enjoy what you're doing then it'll subside really quickly. But if you know inside, if you're not enjoying it, because I, I, this is what happened to me at rugby, um, I just knew. I just knew that I like, man, I'd be, I'd be, I got a couple of, I got a major injury, like out for two years, and, and it was like, damn, 
I missed a whole two seasons. All I did is rehab and rehab, rehab. And, um, you know, came back. And I, I was coming back for the wrong reasons. You know, I was coming back to try and, because uh, I thought everyone wanted me to come back. And I, I mean, they probably did. But I, I just, something inside of me just like, nah, man, this is, you kind of like are done. And it took me a couple of years to sort of figure that out and playing half-heartedly or not to my level of expectation. So my brain was like playing, thinking that I was playing like I used to. But my body was like, nah, mate, you're done. It was kind of like happy when I pulled the pin. I was, you know, but it took me a while to get over that, eh? and I sort of understand all that sort of, you know, how people can feel about it. But then I was really lucky to have some really good people around me to sort of like have a yarn about it and then share it, get rid of it, and then you know you sort of move on, eh? Because other aspects of life kick in, man, and it's like yeah, and they kick, and they kick in pretty quickly too. I mean, you know, if you're moving into a house or uh, you know if you mm. start a new job, your your focus moves from. Um, you know, from sport to, you know, yeah. focus on that stuff. Kind of, once you finish that stuff, you, you know, you fall back into the sport. Um, I, I think, it, you know, it was just good to have people, you know, not just family and partner and mm. friends, but also, like, other coaches too, just yeah. to, and, and players and yeah, just yeah. yarn about, yeah. um, you know, what you, what you think, what's happening. Yeah. Okay, um, I I think, yeah, that was the biggest thing with me is just, making sure, you know, do I, you know, even though I think I'm not good enough to be there, but giving us enough time to just let it sink in first and then talk to people and then having a think about it later on. Um, Yeah, I mean, the sun still comes up, eh, bro? It sets and it comes up the next day and then you move on and I guess the older you get, eh, you kind of recognise all that sort of stuff too. I think when you're young, you're like, oh, what the fetch, man, this... Terrible. I don't. I don't know what I'm feeling. But no, that's good. And I think you're right too. You sort of other other things come along, and which is um, a nice lead into. But you've moved into weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting. Um, but how was that transition, man? I mean, I'm I'm real keen to sort of hear that and, and about your your garage gym setup and and how that sort of came about as well. So I guess it's sort of like two topic areas, bro. And I'll, so yeah, how how did you discover or what did you shift into um, Olympic weightlifting? And how are you finding it? Yeah, it's it's quite cool because um, I was training with um, my uncle, and we were because he's a um, PT at these mills. You know, mm. go in like once a week or twice a week to train with him. And we started doing you know power cleans, and I, I remember it real clear. We, we were doing power cleans and chin ups, mm. and um, after the first couple of weeks, you know. You know, start light and move up and weight, and then I think it was at least within the first three, three to six weeks, we kind of went up and weight fast, and I, yeah. I was, I was getting real um, agitated because once we got to a certain weight, I couldn't actually get the clean, and I, yeah. I was thinking, oh man, I just want to be able to learn it properly because I mm. felt like I couldn't do it properly um also the weight was bugging me as well and yeah yeah i kind of looked into olympic weightlifting around in auckland i was just searching through um online and found one close yeah. in papatoi i thought oh there's one you know down in papatoi south yeah. auckland but i don't know if it's going to be any good yeah yeah, so yeah. i kind of emailed the coach and i went down and i was at the new colmar 
sports complex um, went inside and it was just it was so different. You know, there was three or four platforms, uh, all the boys lifting and then um, went straight back to, to learning how to do it with a stick. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was just funny because when I look back now, um, learning the lesson is quite complex and, you know, you just got to go through each little um, step to be able to do those lists before you actually go into using a barbell, especially yeah. with, you know, the snatch yeah. and being able to move properly before you can um, get into the actual lifts. So, um, yeah, it was just by chance that I wanted to learn more yeah. And then found Pep Toy, a bit yeah. of thing, and then stuck there ever since. Yeah. And you've been to quite a few nationals, eh? Have you have yeah, you found um, those? Because yeah, you've been competing against some experienced lifters, and and now now you probably I mean I'd classify you as an experienced lifter now because you've got like quite a few years under your belt now. So how how have you found that going to the nationals and that? Um, for me, I think nationals has been the fun part. It's kind of the you know the last competition before you come working for the next for the next year. Mm. I think my first first time I went to nationals was down in Wellington, and I actually trained for that whole off season. I had my first competition. Um, I think it was three and a half, four months maybe after I started. Yeah, and because I couldn't actually snatch like do a full snatch, I had yeah. the power snatch because I couldn't actually move properly. I just yeah. had I I could get it up, but I just couldn't catch it in the bottom of a squat so mm. I think when I look back I think um, you know I've learned um, not only to do those lifts but to move a bit better to be able to get in those positions and mm. nationals is you know you train all year through and then you qualify you got to do a certain weight for your category and um, go to nationals and it's like the top competition of the year yeah yeah so, when I did my first nationals, I was just hooked. It was just so much fun. Like yeah. The team being out on stage. Mm. Um, it was just a different, huge, like a huge buzz. Yeah, um, yeah. What's your weight category for that? Um, I'm under eighty nine kg. So yeah. That's the class that I'm in at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think you have to your total, which is your best snatch and your best clean and jerk weight or combined total weight. Mm. I think the qualifying is. 215 or 220. Um, that's kilograms. Uh, that's kilograms for overseas listeners. What was it? Yeah, I think the best snatch I've done in competition is 108 kgs and then 110 in training. And I, the best clean and jerk was 130, 137. One, yeah. yeah, I think it was 137 last year or the year yeah. before. I can't remember exactly, but um, I've kind of been in and out just from travel, like yeah. training half a year, then. Kind of leave for half season, like half year, and then come back. I've been back and forth quite a bit. Yeah, and it's a, it's a technical sport too, and he's kind of like it's one of those things that you dip your toes in it, and it's like you know, small increment increase or a goal will might be two kilograms or three kilograms. Eh? and you got like, I'm gonna get that two or three kilograms, man. I want that on my, you know, I want a new be, you know, personal best or, and it can be addictive, man. I know exactly what you what you mean and. Cause I'm real big in you know the deadlift and you know front squats and all that sort of jazz and can't can't snatch because I've only got one good shoulder so I've got like oh, there's a real crooked ass <laughs> snatch technique bro <laughs> it's rough ass man but um I just modify stuffy eh? and but I've always like 
incremental increases they eh? like for deads and squats and that man i'm like but I'm, i need to i want to crack like i want to do 300 300 on a dead yeah that's my goal but i was like no i got 300 and i want like a 240 back squat and then i want like a 200 front squat <laughs> i want these you know and then just all these big targets that i that i want to get so i know what you mean eh? it's just, it can be addictive eh? like but it's a good addiction you know what i mean it's it's really cool because i always found people in that space have been like super accommodating crack up as super helpful as well and but I've always kind of like really admired like Olympic weightlifters because I can't do some of that stuff, you know, and I, I recognize that. But it's like, bro, man, they can move, man. You guys can move. And, and mobility-wise, it's phenomenal, man. It's like these guys and girls, man, they, they've got game, especially that sort of, you know, deep squat, holding the bar above your head, or clean and jerk or split jerk. It's like, man, I'm like, damn, I wish I could do that properly. <laughs> As I was like, no, we're going to yeah, video me, it's, man. <laughs> it's, a fair, it's a mobility with weightlifting like for myself it's just been a uh thing I, i've always had to try and work on because yeah you know i've got real bad you know real tight calves and yeah ankles and then it kind of just stems up from those two you know two ankles and yeah yeah just going through the the little um exercises before training like sitting in deep squat and yeah doing the band work and like well for me i just need to do that stuff to be able to move properly before I start lifting. Because if I mm. jumped on a bike for a couple, you know, two minutes and then tried to lift, yeah, you know, everything be stiff. So yeah. kind of like a like a you know, it's been a part of the process is moving well. And you know, before you'd go, oh, I just want to lift the weight, but now yeah, it's yeah. like just want to be able to move mm. well before I start getting into the you know those you know, into the training oh, yeah 100 i think it's sort of you know gain as you get older you kind of learn stuff you go like you can't rush it and do it and then for me i'm just thinking like man i just want to move really well for as long as i and want to keep doing what i'm yeah. doing for as long as I, i'm alive I'm not you know for my family and and the kids and and all the rest of it so i'll, I'll probably i'll never stop but um so in regards to sort of because you got a garage gym set up bro and i mean how i mean that'll help obviously you can go backwards and forth between Papatoi, um, Olympic Weightlifting Club, and then your garage, bro. I mean, how, how'd that come about, like, setting up your own space and, and then, you know, what you got in there now? I mean, the gear, the lineup that you have available to yourself. And then also, because um, you mentioned it last week, I think you've moved into Russian volume training. So it'd be cool to hear about what you think about it because, you know, people don't know about um, RVT. Pretty punchy, man. It's pretty punchy. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so how did your um, garage gym develop, or how long have you had one for? And then what sort of gear you got in there? Um, I stumbled upon the, the garage gym setup. Um, I was working at uh, Number One Fitness, and then just, you know, selling gym gear, I kind of got started to get interested, obviously, because, mm. you know, training at the gym and then um, training with my uncle and, and doing all the stuff during the off-season with... Um, black socks like strength and conditioning stuff yeah as well as the um weightlifting i kind of you know started to buy small bits and pieces um once i was working for them and then i kind of just thought uh, i like you know the squats and i like to do a lot of strength stuff and mm. started like small and just got like a bar a couple yeah. of bumper plates a squat rack some rings i think the yeah. very first setup i had and um it just kind of grew like after 
I had stuff at home. I didn't really train too much at home because I was yeah. still training at other places. But um, it was handy, you know, during the Christmas and New Year's yeah, holidays yeah. when I wasn't training and having that break. Yeah, I just kind of it just kind of grew from there and started to get just kind of uh, wanted to get more and more. Yeah, Every yeah. Time, you know, you'd buy like a bar and you're like, oh, one of mine's some kettlebells. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buy yeah, but it's a piece of kettlebells mapped, and then you know, next minute you've got all this um, gym gear in the garage. But yeah, it just started from there, and yeah. then uh, at the moment, like I, um, I sold my. I used to have a power cage, like a iron power cage, yep. uh, when I first started, and sold it off. And then now I've kind of moved into, um, like at the moment I've got a Force USA Myrick. Yeah. And um, I bought it because I wanted to use all the different things that you can use for like attachments. So like yeah. you can add on the lat pull down and the you know, dip bars and you yeah. can attach a cable system. And I wanted to kind of buy something that I can use long term but slowly add on yeah, as yeah. years go on. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I've got um, at the moment in the garage I've got Power cage with um, dip attachment. I've got uh, what is it? A like Olympic bar with a few twenty kg plates, fifteen mm-hmm. kg plates, a um, yeah. couple of tens, and then I bought some new stuff as well. So I bought. I couldn't help myself, but I bought <laughs> uh, quite a few dumbbells uh, last year. Like yeah. Just some heavy dumbbells in the bench. Um, I've got all my old kettlebells that I started with, uh, ranging from. 12 up to like 32s but yeah yeah 32s don't get used very much yeah <laughs> getting a bit dusty yeah <laughs> um a couple of farmer carrier bars that i oh yeah bought um a long, quite a long time ago and i i bought it because i at the time i was reading a lot of articles from t nation like, yeah i used to like reading a lot of stuff from t nation yeah i used to um one guy named christian thibodeau yeah, strength coach, mm-hmm. and he would always say, you know, farm carries and sleep pushes and pulls. Were, yeah, you know, excellent for conditioning. So yeah. I was like, well, buy some of those. And then, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, now I've got heaps of stuff in the carriage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Built myself a um, lifting, uh, like a lifting platform, and then yeah, just kind of went from you know yeah. something small and then just slowly built up over time. Yeah, yeah. Same thing happened to me too. I don't know. It's um, Ash is like my wife's like she's just like she's real supportive though. She cracks up, but she's like, babe, another truck turned up. <laughs> another truck turned up. <laughs> but I, I I haven't actually bought anything for for ages. No, wait a minute. No, I lie. No, last thing I brought was um, maces. I brought like a twenty kg mace, steel mace. And uh, oh, yeah, 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 no. I don't have the mace, but yeah. I'm, I'm seeing them, but I'm really. Yeah, yeah, like a twenty and a ten. And I just stuck it in the, it was in the booth of the truck, eh? and I stuck it in the garage, and she's like, like about two weeks What's later. This? Yeah, she's like, when did you get those? <laughs> and I was like, well, I've had to be here for ages, man. <laughs> but um, she knows, eh? But she's real, she's real keen, eh? She's real supportive, eh? She's um, crack up as, and my girls love it. Like my, I've got a 10-year-old girl and a two-year-old, and a 10-year-old goes in there and has a jam, sets up her own stuff, eh? Does her own sort of, you know, wads or exercises. And then the two-year-old, well, she just thinks it's amazing, eh? It's like the best best jungle gym there is in the world, man. It's like dad's in there, so she's just jamming in there and she's trying to pick up those 
you know, you mentioned those thirty twos. Yeah, I've got like a yeah. 40, 40 and a forty eight. Bro, she's in there like that's got a load of dust on it, bro. But she's like in there trying to <laughs> trying to lug them, eh? Like trying to pull them. And I'm like, oh man, she's crack up ass. So um, but yeah, how's, do you have Ashley's pretty cool though about it? Eh? She's pretty keen on on your garage gym, bro. She doesn't. Oh, you mean um, my partner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she like I think at the start she's a little bit, you know, oh, there's you know quite a bit of gym gear, and you know, <laughs> I think slowly, you know, sometimes um, she'll have a workout yeah. in the garage and you know jump on the bike. Mm. I got the bike as well, but yeah. I got the I haven't got the salt bike. I used to have it, and then I sold it before I went overseas. Oh yeah, but um, hopefully that'll be um to um the garage, you know, in the next. <laughs> 12 months hopefully yeah yeah months, I think it's sort of um, yeah, so she, a lot of people there like yeah, suffering. Like, yeah. yeah, like I know, oh my gosh, nice I, germs. Yeah. I said to her, oh, but, you know, we should work on getting the um, assault bike. Yeah, she's yeah. like, nah, because <laughs> you'll make me get on that thing and I, you know. Yeah, yeah. Said, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. To, you know. Um, it's brutal, man. You know, it's say, brutal. You know, why it's good to have. And, yeah, yeah. Um, what else? You know, benefits. Yeah, and, yeah, 100%. But it is it is it is pretty mean, bro. It is pretty mean. It is a pretty mean piece of equipment for, like a bike's a bike, but the salt bike is next level, man. It is like you you can get pretty brutalized on it, eh? But um, I enjoy it, bro. I enjoy it, so I encourage you <laughs> to go and get one. <laughs> um, because I, I I keep saying to my wife like, oh yeah, no, I need to get a skier, and then I'll have that trifecta. I got the row and a salt bike, and she's. She just keeps saying all the time, she goes, he wants a bloody ski egg, he wants a ski egg. And I was like, yeah, I need to get a ski egg. And, you know, but I, yeah, I don't really need much either. I mean, I'm pretty pretty much like you, it's sort of built up slowly and then it's kind of there. But I'm really grateful that I've, I've got it. And not only because of being in isolation now, but the fact that I'm kind of, I, I'm at home and I can train at home and it's closer to home and with the wife and the kids and they're real supportive and kids can see me training and, I guess you, you you'll experience that yourself soon enough when when you own you know Pepe comes along you know it's cool to sort of share that with the kids and they see it and it's kind of like a lifestyle you know but my yeah. wife hey, she's a crack up ass man she's one of those guys that has a gym membership <laughs> and it's not in the garage man <laughs> and she's just like she's been in there a few times and like had a jam and stuff like that but she she likes the um you know going to classes and 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 stuff like that and I I kind of get that you know because communities cool when she's sort of when those real social people she likes sort of being not saying that i'm not social but you know it's just that she enjoys the, the memberships and the classes there you know and the friendships but you mentioned last week and we sort of touched on it quickly like the russian volume training but how's that i mean how is who'd you get your um, russian volume training program from and how are you finding it man because maybe not many people know but um, we're quite a few that do but like that is a pretty hearty program man yeah um i i kind of been looking at you know, I've always read um, you know, a few things like a few things about it. I've always 
read the programs and I said, oh, yeah, I might, you know, give it a go someday and then kind of forgotten about it later on. And then at the moment, like, I'm not doing a lot of Olympic lifts, like the actual snatch and the jerk, like cleaner jerks, just because, you know, the wrist has been a bit sore, like getting a bit of a shock every time I catch a snatch or um, cleaner jerk. And um, I kind of thought if I'm not going to do that stuff, I want to try and build up a, a good base of um, strength, you know, my legs. The yeah. front squat's always been a problem for me, and just being able to have, you know, stronger legs. So I thought yeah. maybe would be a good time to do some, you know, just base like strength exercises, just squat, military press, just because it um, transfers to yeah. a bit weightlifting. You know, if I was doing powerlifting, I'd probably do bench, but because yeah. I'm into um, Olympic weightlifting, I just swap those two out. Yeah. And um, the deadlift was the last six. So that one and back extension. So the program's pretty much the same. You know, um, I got the program of a site called All Things Gym, mm-hmm. and they cover a lot of um, stuff from Olympic. You know, the elite Olympic weightlifters. They do all the. Um, short videos on like slow-mos yeah. from competitions they follow mm. athletes and go you know through their trainings and just a lot of content and then yeah. they put out like a lot of training programs mobility programs all on their website as well yeah. and i i clicked on one called the russian squat routine so yeah. i'm following that but it's got extra like the the pressing and deadlifts as well, and it's. Yeah. I'm in the first week, this week, and I had my second training sessions, and it's mostly you stay at the same weight. Yeah. Based off your um, one RM, so um, for my back squat, I have to stay on one thirty five for the next three and a half weeks, but yeah, it's low reps and higher sets, so it's usually six sets of two. Yeah. Um, and then once you get to I think today was six triple, so six sets of three. Yeah. And then on Friday, it's six sets of two. And then um, next week, the uh, reps get hot, a little bit higher, and then they kind of undulating, so they go up, and then they one of the you know some of the reps come down, and they go up again. Okay. And then the intensity goes up into week four because yeah. the reps and sets change. I think it's like five fives on the third week and then it drops back down to yeah. six two so I'm kind of in the first week where I'm just doing uh, back squats military press deadlifts and back extensions three days a week and today, today was pretty tough yeah 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 <laughs> especially the deadlifts because yeah are they doing tempo stuff in that was there any tempo built into it or is it just um you know like a four four zero two or something like that or is it just a just a smooth transition lifting process? Um, it didn't like it doesn't say there's any tempo like within the within the rep, but um, I've kind of just gone like a like a like a kind of a slow descent, and then as soon as I hit the bottom, just try and power up just yeah. to like power out of the bottom, yeah, yeah. just to get a bit more explosive, yeah, um, and then like warming up. You know, warming up with lighter squats, I'd do quite a few reps with a bar and 
do a couple of pauses just to open up the hips and get into it. And then, um, yeah, once I get to the working sets, for the six doubles, I just, you know, try and go nice and controlled. And then soon as I hit the bottom, just straight yeah, back yeah. up, go through that. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, but the deadlifts, for sure, this week has been tough for me because yeah. I'm not used to doing a lot of, you know, six sets of two or three. Yeah. At roughly 80, 85%ish. I think I think that's where um, a lot of people when they read it, they're like, oh, it's only six, you know, six sets of two or six sets of three, but once yeah. you're working in that high percentage of your one RMs, it can be quite tough. Yeah. On the nervous system. It's a bit lot bit longer for recoveries, but um, yeah, it's it's one thing I I thought that might help just get my um, strength in those areas for when I do come back into the Olympic weightlifting program later on. Yeah, because I've done a, I've done German volume training. That's pretty punchy, man. They're pretty similar. They do like um, two, the two exercises normally. It's a ten ten, like ten set ten yeah. reps, and then you do two accessory exercises on that day, and then you move. It's similar, like it's um, deadlift, pull ups, a combo. And then it's like a bench, and then it's a um, inclined be- um, dumbbells. There's another one. Then it's just straight squatting. I can't remember what the exercise, but it is like, man, it is punchy, man. And your strength does go yeah. through the roof. And um, last year I did, or you might have seen, I done squat tober, so a whole month of just squatting, and then I did a whole month of just doing deadlifts. The programs were like bonkers, man. And honestly, your yeah, your central nervous system just was like at the fetch because you're lifting real big volume and they sort of ease you in and then it's like week three yeah. and four it's just like bam it ramps up because uh, you're just doing bigger bigger reps um, but you're right you know in that sort of 80 85 and even you know you might be incrementally getting close to doing 90 95s but you're doing high reps and you're like or you know high sets high rep i mean high sets low reps but you're like you're buggered man because yeah, you got to recover. Like you got to allow yourself to recover so you can have quality to each re- um, each set. Eh? You know, you just can't yeah. rush it. Eh? You got to have a bit of a breather. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know, you sometimes you have good days where you, your recovery is you know yeah. consistent and between sets. And then yeah. like some some days you you just take ages to uh, recover yeah. in between you know sets and you're like, oh man, why did I choose to do this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean, that's part of, you know, training. You, you have yeah. good days and then we are feeling really good and then some days yeah. you're just still trying to recover from yeah. the previous trainings, but, you you know, you just still take time and recover. Yeah. And that's, I think, for me, I just I haven't really gone by a set time for recoveries. Yeah. I've kind of gone on how I'm feeling. Like yeah. if I'm feeling ready to go, I'll go. If I need a bit more time to, you know, mm. maybe... 30 seconds a bit more just to make yeah. sure that I can finish those reps the next set take it so yeah just play it by ear every time every training yeah no that's good advice too because yeah I agree with that too it's like just got to read the situation and read how you're feeling because I mean I'm always in that a real firm believer of like quality over you know trying to smash something out you know because quality yeah if it's not quality and you're rushing it then you know it can lead to injuries and and, and a bad mindset in regards to what you're trying to achieve. And I think it's that's important. It's a really good point. Now you just take your time and just 
sometimes you might have to take an extra 30 seconds, 60 seconds just to know that you can go 100 again. I was sort of like, um, what was that I was going to say, mentioned about, yeah, I think one of the, because I'm now moved into um, real heavy kettlebell workouts at the moment, but I'm, I'm mashing it up now every, you know, like in the last sort of six weeks and because I don't get really married and to any one sort of program. And I think it's really, you know, it's fantastic how you jumped onto Russian volume training. And so I think sometimes you just got to like mix it up. Hey, you know, cause I get these real boredom thresholds to like, like maybe three or four months and I've got to like, ah, oh, change it up. And I'm like, you, I read stuff. I read, you know, uh, Barbend or, you know, Scott university and all that sort of stuff. And then, and I know what I'm really kind of weak at. And I sort of look for stuff that can like challenge those parts to make it a little bit better. And then also to challenge my mind. Cause I can switch off, yeah, man. I go sure. like, man, this is boring. I want to do something that's going to be, bro. That, like today, I was like, my wife said, "Hey, what's the matter with you?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I think I just done something stupid." Like I just like done this ten ten, like just real heavy as kettlebells, and I done a ten ten, and I was like, man, I'm just like I could tell like my body felt really good, but I was like really tired, and I knew that I'd worked to a level, you know, like close to hundred capacity, you know, and yeah. um. But yeah, yeah. It, I, I won't be able to repeat that tomorrow because you got to be smart, eh, about your training too. You got to listen to your body, eh? Well, I mean, you would, in regards to your weightlifting and and all the rest of it, you know, you, you know, you would listen to your body and sort of flow from there, or yeah, I think um, over like over time, I've kind of when I first started, I was kind of you know in every training, you know, be morning and afternoons, like three days a week, yeah, yeah, two days, you know, in the morning, and I'd always try and go to every trainings when I first started and I, I did, you know, I didn't recover properly mm. and I didn't, you know, stretch, I didn't do mobility before and yeah. after. So I just train and leave. Yeah. Um, some days or, you know, play around just, um, you know, some of the boys would after, after waiting se- sessions would, there's like a indoor cricket nets behind where we lift and we just go in there and throw a ball around or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I've kind of learned to, you know, make sure one, you know, you're getting good food. Um, yeah. I haven't always, I've always kind of been kind of 50 50 with the food, eating a decent breakfast, and then yeah. I've had McDonald's or bakery food for lunch and then go <laughs> yeah. to the lifting and you, yeah. you feel, you know, real um, lethargic. Yeah, yeah sometimes get oh why you know why my list's not working and um coaches you see he's like what did you eat today i said oh mcdonald's he goes, oh, you know maybe that's why i don't know maybe you should look at what you're eating and what you're yeah. in your body and your recoveries stretching mm. and then your sleep he said you know yeah you gotta make sure you get eight hours sleep yeah that's one of the biggest things and um it wasn't until i was nearly finished uni where we'll work on um heart rate variability mm-hmm. um, within uh, the training and I was kind of looking at all that stuff and everything that affects training outside of the actual training so yeah. like sleep um, food stress work um, just the little stuff and yeah. then how does that affect your recovery for the next day yeah. to be able to train and then going off how you're feeling yeah. Um, whether to train at what the program says or just to go a little bit less just to um, ease off a bit and then you know so you're just not burning yourself out so it was just yeah just making sure that you got enough sleep 
Yeah. Hey, pretty well, decent, but not always, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you just had your good food and then you're ready to train and ready to go. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm like, um, I was pretty much like you, fifty-fifty diet, hey, like nutrition. It was like, but then I thought, like, nah, man, I'm eating real awesome. But then it was kind of like about sort of five or six years ago, I was like, man, actually, I'm not actually eating awesome all the time. And you don't realize, hey, the sort of the knock-on effect, hey, if you don't eat really well, if you're doing this sort of stuff, you know, you're in the weightlifting or training or, you know, whether it's you know, softball, rugby or, you know, Olympic lifting or, you know, kettlebell sports and the rest of it, you're kind of like, man, yeah, actually you got to eat better and you have to make sure you sleep and you got to rehydrate a lot and, um, and stretch your mobility yeah. and bow. Man, my mobility is rubbish. But man, I've been like, it's funny in the last two years, three years, man, I've been stretching way more than and than I ever did when I was um, in my twenties. But it's funny, like when I was in my twenties, no one ever really forced that on you. You know what I mean? And no one really forced like good nutritional habits on you. And now it's kind of like, yeah, you know, that's all on point in regards to that sort of stuff. So, but when like when I was in my twenties, it was like. It wasn't uh, this whole thing. Hey, you got to do mobility. You got to work on that. And you should be doing that. You got to have recovery sessions, or you know, should really watch what you're eating and consuming. You know, rehydrate, keep a journal, or stuff and like that. But there was none of that around when I was. It was there probably, but it wasn't like you know, you're not you you weren't signed up to it. You know what I mean? Like you didn't have to follow it. It was up to you whether you wanted to or not. And it's funny. The older yeah, I got, sure. now I'm like, but I follow it re- not religiously, but like I'm really super conscious about it. Like diet nutrition not so much diet just nutrition you know and then it's funny like it took me so long to figure out what works for me too um yeah yeah sure yeah you know me i I can eat steaks and meat for like days weeks months and and not eat vegetables (laughs) and um and my wife's like oh you gotta have some vegetables man i'm like no i can just eat meat it's got heaps of nutrition (laughs) yeah i got a couple pieces of broccoli yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and i'm like i've and then I'll, you know, and it, that just works for me. And But I'll eat broccoli and spinach and stuff, green veggies, but I don't really eat anything else, eh, you know. And it, but I found that's what works for me. And because um, people come and ask me, oh, what do you eat for? And I said, well, this is what I do. It works for me. It may not work for you. You need to find out what sort of foods fuel you, what sort of foods make you lethargic, and what sort of foods make you bloated or whatever, and then try and cut that out and eat foods that, that don't have an adverse effect on you. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah, you're right. Nutrition is massive and getting those rest periods, sleeping. Bro, when baby comes, man, you can kiss your sleeping habits goodbye, man. <laughs> my advice, mate. Bro, when I baby know. comes, bro, sleep when baby's sleeping during the day, man, is my advice. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably get, you know, a few hours sleep, go to work, come back, and I'll get home and, you know, be sleeping. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. look forward to coming home to Bubba or. Yeah, bro, mean. Playing with the mother, and then, you know, as yeah. they're sleeping, it's like, oh man, they're going to bet you they're going to wake up in the morning crying or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. need to be prepared or change nappy or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. man. But, oh, I'm looking forward to it, eh? Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool, man. You'd be yeah. guys, is it, you'd yeah. be your guys' first one, is it? or First one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's a choice, bro. It's a blessing, eh, man? It's such a cool thing. And um, my two year old to crack up has, man. She's like, six ish in the morning? Or oh, maybe called the six all the time. She'll get up. She comes into our room, and she like starts like pulling on my feet, and then she'll <laughs> then she'll jump up, jump up on the bed and lie beside me, and um, like quietly. And then I go. I always kind of always get up at six, you know. And then 
Um, as soon as I sit up in bed, both she knows, both she's like walking straight for the stairs, downstairs, and she's really loud then, like she's real vocal. Um, super stoked. Yeah. So, no, nah, it's cool, bro. It's a mean time, bro, and, you know, you guys will love it. You know, it's it's such a sort of such a reward to have to to have a young you know bring children into the world and have them in your life, man. It's f- super fulfilling, you know. Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah, I'm just excited to be a dad and, and yeah, you know, work just work on um, working on being a parent together with yeah, um, Ashley and I, and yeah. just working as a team on it. So yeah, right. it's gonna yep. be it's gonna be it'll be hard for sure, yeah. but I think it'll be rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, it is hard, but it's yeah. You have lots of fun. Any um, any final thoughts, bro? For you know, in regards to you want to you know pass on to people in regards to one your garage gym or just training and stuff in general. You want to share before we wrap up, bro? Yeah, man. Um, I think you know a lot of when getting started into the whole garage gym, I think a lot of people like trying don't get started with. You know, just getting a few things. I think, yeah. you know, I was I was one as well. I used to think, oh, I need, you know, like I need a squat rack and I need heaps of plates and I need like a barbell, like two barbells and yeah. all the weights. And I think once you're getting into it, I think you know, just get like the few things that you enjoy the most. Yeah. yeah. And then just figuring it out, you know, if, if you're into kettlebells or if you're into a lot of barbell stuff. Yeah. you enjoy those type of things you know try and you know start small and just slowly build as you um type of trainings that you you do enjoy or you mm. you know you figure out what type of trainings you could do with those certain pieces of equipment especially like kettlebells there's so yeah. much stuff that you can do with one kettlebell um and, it, and there's plenty of people on youtube that are just throwing out content like yeah it's it, there's so much stuff that you can do with, you know, little pieces of equipment. Even now there's so many people, um, you know, just with stuff around the house. And I think a lot of, um, you know, you can use your imagination with like bottles of um, water and yeah, um, big jugs of juice or those like water, water jugs that they have for like the um, water fountains, you know, not the water fountains. Oh, yeah, I know, the, one, the big water bottles. Water coolers. Yeah, the water yeah, coolers, the water coolers yeah. Are big, huge. Yeah. Using those for doing bicycles and yeah. presses and pulls and, and there's just so many things and I think sometimes you don't need a lot of stuff that yeah. you think as well. And that's that's really good advice because I think it's um you can get caught up in getting you know, right getting getting all this stuff and that stuff and it just you just don't use it. And you see a lot of that yeah. like um and I think um what we've seen too well, definitely last with isolation is that people just like actually i can build stuff at home i can actually do this and do that and i've seen a lot of people use um, the water coolers eh? like um yeah 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 and it's been like cool it's been mean to see that and, or, or even just like um like one guy he, he just uses um an engine block bro for his dips so he's, he's just got two boards on a you know um as, as he's made like sort of a um bar and he's just like He's just using an engine block where wrapped around and lay with some canvas. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. And I think people can be super innovative because I think back in the days, you know, I mean my, my uncles and all the rest of it, bro, they were pretty much the same. You go in their garage, man, that was like proper iron in there, but they were using just whatever they had, you know, make pulley systems yeah. with pieces of rope and stuff like that. And yeah, no, I think that's and really there's, and there's so many like DIY stuff that yeah. you can search on YouTube as well. like I I just love 
Yeah. Like learning, you know, like from garage gym reviews to me, he throws up reviews on all sorts of different equipment and, and yeah. also a lot of DIY stuff too, like on a, if you're on a budget or mm. um, if you've just got stuff flying around the house. Like he, I think he made like squat racks out of one bag or two bags of cement and a couple of buckets and a couple yeah. of pieces of wood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And it was, yeah, yeah and, and sometimes, you know, if, if you're struggling um, for those pieces of equipment that you kind of want, but it's, you know, at the moment it might be, won't be able to buy it just yet, but something that you can get later on and you want something at the moment to do, yeah. those things pop up and you get you going, get you started. I don't think that's, um, yeah, you don't need much, you don't need much at all, and, and I think it's just been really sort of smart and and, and it also around um your, your sort of um cash revenues and sort of what, how much you want to spend as well you know because sometimes you don't need to go and buy the the 800 barbell when you can just go and roll up and get a, a pretty good one for say 300 or something like that or see if someone's got you know one for sale a secondhand one for sale i think yeah. it's just been really smart about it and and just sort of utilizing it and then carried away because yeah my, my wife's oh, i'll just really just want to get a ski erg and maybe some smaller dumbbells and that's kind of it. I don't really need anything else. Um, but she's kind of like, you sure you don't want it? <laughs> For now, like, you know, it's For now. Like, you know, yeah. four weeks later and you're like, oh, there's this new piece of equipment that's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a little bit priced, but, you know, yeah. really cool if we had a little Yeah, yeah, sort of thing. yeah. I'll probably upgrade my um, assault bike in, um, in rower because I've had my assault bike for like five years and I got, I got a rower for like, 300 bucks from this um some guy down in um Papaku- uh, yeah papakura yeah a, a while ago and but they're like super like they go like mean as awesome as but they oh so i might have to upgrade because i've I've had them for so long that they've they've kind of they paid me back like four or five times over yeah. and um because you know i'm not sharing it with 300 other people you know what i mean so it doesn't get that same wear and tear um so that's what i'll probably do at some stage um anything else bro anything else you want to share or um, no, I just I think you know what you know. Hopefully, everyone's stay active during mm. you know, especially this time, and go for walks and enjoy the time with the family and catch it up with friends and yeah, just be safe and and stay moving and, and yeah, man. Hopefully, this lockdown won't last too long, so we can go back go back to work. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, hundred percent. And awesome to have you on the show and to hear from you, and then even have decent yana. You know, it's pretty hard to do it over insta or you know emails and that you know it's sort of good to um have a decent chat about things and you, you've done so much and you, short life that you've had you know on this planet you know <laughs> playing you know elite softball and then moving into olympic um, weightlifting and all the rest of it so i mean that's not a transition you hear much from a softballer moving into weightlifting so that's awesome bro and heaps of good tips and advice as well so yeah really enjoyable to catch up with you bro so thanks a lot man i really appreciate it so um that's us from uh, every day of Garage Gym NZ tonight, um, speaking with Jerome. So everyone stay safe and healthy and um, peace out.